Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Get started on your undergraduate degree or certificate with University of Maryland Global Campus. Classes start March 17th. With virtual support services and no-cost digital materials replacing textbooks for most courses, UMGC can help you achieve your goals. Visit umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. California from the Travis Scott Studios. Dennis Bernstein coming all the way from Edmonton. Life in the bubble. DB, you're alive? You're doing okay? I'm hanging in there, John. I'm ready to come back to Los Angeles. I've had my run of Edmonton. Um, I'm ready to come back. But uh, look, I'm witnessing history. So you can see Stephen Samko score a goal there and just uh, watch a cup final in front of no fans. It's been weird all the way through, but I'm glad I've uh, made the sacrifice to come up here. Well, with uh, with Tampa Bay up three one at the time of the recording, you're going to be coming home sooner than rather than uh, rather than later. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll get into that. We have a lot to cover today. First off, though, I need to explain the Travis Scott thing because uh, look, it, it's not the rapper Travis Scott. I guess he's some dude that has a meal at McDonald's. Okay, uh, and the natural intro would have been to play his music. I couldn't even tell you one of his songs. I don't know who this is, but people tell me that there's a there's a rapper named Travis Scott. Uh, the reference to Travis Scott, the last couple of episodes here. I've just 
just tried to have a little bit of fun and uh, have mentioned some really obscure L.A. Kings players, uh, Shea Stevenson, several others that we've talked about. And so Travis Scott is a very interesting one for the for the people that like to go deep into Kings history. DB, this is a goalie that played 25 minutes. That's his whole entire NHL career. He played 25 minutes for the L.A. Kings. The Kings were in New York playing against the Rangers on November 28, 2000. Palfi had a hat trick. And they lost seven to six, but it, it's really an interesting story. So the Rangers come out, they score three goals in a minute six in the first period. That's not a good night. The Kings then come back, they score three straight, they tie the game up. The Kings ended up having other goals from Steven Reinprecht, who of course was involved in the Rob Blake trade. Uh, you had Eric Belanger had a goal that was assisted by Aki Berg, and you had Craig Johnson, uh, Kings of the Podcast alumni. Uh, he he came on, or he not came on, he did come on the show, but he had a goal that night. So six goals from the LA Kings. Paul Fee has a hat trick. They end up losing seven to six in Madison Square Garden. Uh, what an amazing game! And yeah, Travis Scott came in for a little over a period. I guess he played twenty five minutes for the LA Kings uh, in goal. And by the way, quick shout out to Spike Kaufman. Uh, DB, you've worked with them before at the fourth period radio show many, many years ago. Spike has been behind the scenes at Mayor's Manor for a long time. Uh, he has a copy of this game on DVD, so if anybody wants to, to check that out, be sure to get a hold of Spike on Twitter, Spike C20. And if you like things that are yellow or the Minnesota Vikings, follow Spike. If you don't like those things, I highly recommend you don't follow him. His Twitter timeline is a train wreck, but the guy is an encyclopedia of King's information and has been very, very helpful uh, to both Dennis and myself uh, for, for a long, long time now. I think I told the story once before about how you and I even met Dennis was actually through Spike. And the first time right. that Spike had asked me, first time that uh, Spike had asked me, oh, you, know, you cover the Kings, you must know Dennis Bernstein. I said, who? <laughs> Which who? It just makes me laugh now when I think back uh, how inseparable the two of us are. But uh, at the time. From those beginnings, John. From those beginnings. <laughs> that's, how, that's, how, that's how weird things who? happen. Uh, look. Let, let's work backwards on today's show, okay? I think there are several L.A. Kings-related news items that we can get to in the third period. Uh, in the second sure. period, we're going to bring in a guest, Mike Hammer. He's been on before. We'll talk about that. He's, of course, uh, one of the, the, the brains behind the Violent Gentleman brand, so we'll, we'll spend some time talking about that. So here in the first period, uh, uh, let's, let's just talk a little bit of, you know, in-the-moment news. DB, again, you're up in Edmonton. You're in the bubble. You're attending Stanley Cup uh, final games. Last night was game four at the time of, of the taping here. Uh, the game goes into overtime. And yeah. A couple of weird penalties towards the end of the game as well, not only at the end of regulation, but also in OT. And then, you know, Tampa finds a way to win, and now they're up 3-1 in the series. It would have been a completely, obviously, a completely different series had Dallas pulled that game out. It would have tied things yeah. up 2-2, and it would have made it a best-of-three, which would have been, I think, pretty awesome for hockey fans to see a, a best-of-three final come down for, for the Stanley Cup. Just uh, I have some thoughts on Pavelski and Braden Point and a couple others, but I thought I'd check in with you first, EB. You're the, you're the man on the scene. What's going on there in Edmonton? Well, from the top, you know, people whining about the Jamie Ben call, and I, I understand that, but uh, John... Dallas had so many chances to win that game. Up two nothing, up three two, uh, up two nothing. They gave up a goal in the last minute of the play to Braden Point. Up three two in the, in the second, they gave up uh, a goal with I think a minute four left on the power play that uh, Yanni Gord. Uh, they had a and you don't complain about penalties. They had a power play with 52 seconds into the overtime with fresh ice, couldn't cash in. Let's be real here. Their power play sucks. Mm -hmm. The last 12 opportunities Tampa's had. They've scored six times, right? They've had plenty of opportunities. They just got off script. You know, we were up here in Edmonton talking to media after, before game one, 
and everybody gave game one to Dallas. Like camp is, you know, there's going to be out of gas, the turnaround is a tough aisle in the series. And then John, for some reason, they think they can outplay Tampa offensively. And I don't know what they're doing the last two games, but they can't win games five, four against Tampa. They just don't have the firepower. So it's unfortunate that call was made, but they had plenty of opportunities to win that game in the first 65 minutes. And they just didn't do it. To be frank, they're not the better team. They're not going to rally from one, three down to beat Tampa. Just not the better team. And if they, if they continue to play that style in game five, it's going to, I'm going home on, on, on Sunday. It's just, um, it's a great story for them. I think the goalie's out of gas, John, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. you know, he's played 23 postseason games. He only played 30 regular season games behind Ben <laughs> <Beth> Bishop. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it, it's been a great story, a great run. I, I just think the team is out of gas at this point in time. Could they get down from one? Day? Yeah. Look, they've got some tough guys on this team. I mean, people are, are ragging on Tyler Sagan. He scored two goals in 23 games. Tyler played almost 26 minutes last night, won 68% of his. His face-offs, I know for a fact he's injured, right? And one of the people, one of the injuries room is a wrist injury. So when a player like that is rumored to have a wrist injury, you can figure out why he only has two goals. So it's been a cool series. It's been great to witness in front of no fans and just a handful of media. But uh, the better team is winning the series, John. All right. Well, let's talk about a few positive uh, storylines here as well. And, and it's interesting because the the, the headlines – uh, or the storylines uh, around the NHL uh, over the last couple of years, they wanted, especially maybe going back to the World Cup and, and the Team North America, the kids that were under 23, um, they want to talk about, you know, younger, faster, and the speed of the game and all that stuff. But just look at the game last night. Who, who are the two guys really driving the storylines for the Dallas Stars last night? Joe Pavelski at 137 yep. years old scores two goals in the game, right? The guy had a full career with the San Jose Sharks. People didn't understand why the Dallas Stars went out and signed him to a a multi-year deal and did what they did but look at Joe Pavelski and also Corey Perry who won a Stanley Cup back yeah. in 2007 which seems like another lifetime ago uh you know Corey Perry was such such a part of the story uh, uh last night but I do want to take exception to and, and DB we've talked about this so many times before I just hate the embellishment penalty on the penalty right yeah Corey awesome. Perry sticks awesome. sticks the guy he puts his stick you know right between the guy's legs and, and, and hikes the stick up, right, into the family jewels there, and then you want to call embellishment. I mean, I, look, dude, you put a stick there, allow the guy to react any way that he wants to react. That is a penalty. You called the penalty. You don't call embellishment. It's one or the other. It's not both, right? Uh, if right. it's a penalty, it's a penalty. That's not The first guy that, gets, that has the infraction when you call that penalty, that, that should be the end of it. There's no, you don't have to worry about what happens from that point on in terms of like an embellishment? I, I hate that call. I hate it every time, and I'm going to complain about it every time. So here's the thing, and we mentioned this on the air this morning on Hostel. Um, you expect that play from Corey Perry, one. Two, bring points, not a diver. Yeah. Right? There's no reputation. It's not a reputation. It's a reputation call from Corey Perry because you expect that from Corey, of course. And, yeah, yeah, it's awful call. So, again, if you want to complain about the Jimmy Ben call, there's no way that – and that was with less than a minute left in the in the third period. Like, so rightfully, Tampa Bay could have a power play at the end of the game and going into the, the uh, opening of, of overtime. So, yeah, it, it's just – and, I, John, I agree with, it. with respect to your context about that call. It's one or the other. It's not – if it's embellishment, then it can't be a penalty. It's just it's, – it's a ridiculous 
call that probably should be taken out of the rule book. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Well, look, even if I can get on board with it in certain situations, there's some embellishment. I'm sorry, you put a stick right between my legs. <laughs> there's no embellishing. That doesn't. Why don't? Why, how about this? Watch UFC tonight and watch what happens when a guy gets kicked right there, and then we'll see. We'll you know I mean, we'll see all about embellishment uh, on the Braden Point front. I've told this story many times. Mike Stuthers has been a a longtime yeah. Braden Point fan uh, to the point that Mike Stuthers was. A little quick-witted with his his uh, his sarcasm or his tongue, uh, as he's known to be, uh, with Dean Lombardi back at the draft when Lombardi asked him about Braden Point, uh, and and such a longtime fan Mike Stuthers was or is uh, of Braden Point that he would show video and uh, you know to the Ontario Reign players when teaching them certain drills and things, and and uh, the captain there in Ontario, Brett Sutter, would would joke with them and and, uh, and chirp him that he thought that Stuthers was Braden Point's agent. Uh, Braden Point, I, I, you know, I was I was uh, on air last night in Toronto, and I was asked to see the most underrated or underappreciated that is player in the National Hockey League. And in the heat of the moment, I, I couldn't think of another player, you know, to, to put into the argument. And I'm still today, this morning, scratching my head. DB, the guy is so underappreciated around the league for what he does, and he just produces and. He's not even really registering on the storylines for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they're one game away from winning the Stanley Cup right now. Yeah, he scored two goals last night. He's in the conversation for the Conn Smythe. He, he is but he, a but fantastic DB, he would ha- But, DB, he would have to win the Conn Smythe in order to grab one of the headlines. And instead, it's going yes. to be about the grit. It's going to be about John Cooper. It's going to be about Steven Stamkos. It's going to be about Victor Hedman. You're going to have to Victor dig Hedman. 10 stories deep to get to Braden Point unless he wins the Conn Smythe. Yeah. Yeah, and Kucherov as well. And Kucherov, I think, has 25 assists. It's only been done by, I think, three or four players. So, yeah, he's never going to be the biggest star on that team, unless they trade everybody because they're catfish. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, but I agree with you. He just, he's in, and, and look, and he's a little, he's a small guy. He's listed at 5'10". I, I met him in, uh, when they, you know, it seems so long ago when they were over in Sweden playing um, this year. He's like 5'8", maybe. I mean, just, uh, just a gifted, marvelous player who's smart, who's speedy. But yeah, you're right. He's never going to get the attention the big stars do on Tampa. Yeah, he's not. Uh, so, DB, call your shot. I say that Dallas comes out and wins tonight's game, and uh, then I think this game gets finished off, or this series, excuse me, gets finished off in six games. What do you think? No, this is over. It's you, over? You can't, I, I don't see this team bouncing back. Look, they're an older team. I think Kutilbin's really exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, you lose that game last night. That was really their game seven, John. I mean, look, they could win tonight, and, and even the series, I, I just things are trending in the wrong direction. For this team, the defense has evaporated. Like ten goals in two games, the penalty kills evaporated, and that's what they built, you know, their reputation on earlier, you know, in the other series. They're trying to win the series like they beat Calgary, and it's not going to happen against this team. It's just, I just don't like this direction. I just think I'm going to be on a flight back to LA uh, on Sunday. Um, and they'll be racing the cup here in uh, Edmonton on Saturday. All right. Well, I'll notify TSA and see if we can block your entry back into Los Angeles. Uh, they'll be on high alert on, on Sunday. Um, what about the coach? I, there was an interesting comment from Jim Nill earlier this week on, on Sirius XM and HL Radio. I don't know why it struck me as so odd. It, it was, it was, he wasn't looking for controversy. He was trying to say it in a very complimentary way. I just personally thought it was an odd way of answering the question. They were asking him about Rick Bonus's um, uh, future behind the bench, and he basically yeah. said, uh, look, we're, you know, we're going to sit down when the whole thing is over, and if he wants the job, it's his job to have, is kind of what he said. Um, mm-hmm. I, just, I don't know, DB, it seems odd to me. Like, if, if it's his job, well, 
you, you've had conversations with him at this point, right? Like he either wants the job or he doesn't. He's not waiting to find out, well, if we win the Stanley Cup, then, you know, I don't need to return because I, I did it. If we don't win the Stanley Cup, then, you know, I'm interested in returning and giving it one more kick of the can. I don't know. I just, does it bother you the way it bothered me? It just stuck with me as something that was odd. No, I think, I think what it is, I think he has to have a conversation with his family and he hasn't been with his family for months there in Arizona. Fair point. Fair so point. they haven't been with him. So I, I think I think it's a family conversation. And Rick's not a young caddy; sixty six years old. So uh, yeah, and, and I think that I agree with you in one respect, John. If they would rally from three one, and they would want find a way to win the cup, you ride up into the sunset. There's nothing more to do sure. with respect to the coach. So I, I think your your concept about you know just come this close, but it, you know it's been a tough ride. It's you've been in a bubble for three minutes, and that's the one thing, John, about being in this bubble. Imagine being the team to go through all this and come in second well, with not, no payoff. But DB, not only that. What if I was you and I were texting a couple days ago? Like, what do you do for the Stanley Cup parade? You can't. There's. It's terrible. It's horrible that you yeah, are gonna. Yeah. It, nobody wants to win the cup on the road. You want to win the cup at home in front of your fans. But in this case, right. you don't get to win the cup in front of anybody. It's it's it, anybody. It, it's, yeah, it's it's totally literally going to take them back from a memory standpoint. It's going to take them back to when they were kids playing street hockey or on a pond in Canada or whatever, and there was nobody around. You know, and and and. They beat their friends, you know, yep. when they were pretending it was Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Final, and nobody was clapping and cheering when they when they score the winning goal. It's going to be, you know, the biggest moment of I their life, and it's going to be deafening. Yeah. I think they're taking the cup to Dallas, or, or they're taking it to Tampa. Tampa, obviously, Tampa's going to win, and that the players can come in and celebrate a day with the cup in Tampa. I think that's how they're going to do it, which is because it's not going to travel around the world this year. It's just it's I didn't even, th- I didn't even think about that either. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I think that, I think that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to it's going to be Pritchard and the guys are going to go down to Tampa. It's going to be there, so if players want to come in and spend a day with the cup, they can do it there. <laughs> so weird. It's I know. Just, it's insane. It just it just doesn't have the same feel. It's not uh, the same. No. But, but look, let's not. I don't want people to take this because you know people love to take comments out of context. I don't want anybody to take this as they shouldn't have done this or any or this is a lesser than cup no, or anything no. because I don't believe in any of that. Um, I, I give the NHL full credit. I think they've done the best presentation of all the major sports to come back. It's had the most natural Agreed. feel. It's had the most enjoyable feel. Uh, it, you know, it hasn't been artificial. It's great it, for what it is, and uh, this is no less of a Stanley Cup than any other cup the only thing that i think you could possibly point to is the fact that by having a couple months off different teams came in with you know sort of different injuries oh, yeah. because they were able to heal up or whatever but it was no yeah. less difficult to win this stanley cup after being off for all of those months and then to have to rev it up after just a couple of games in the return to play and boom now you're in the stanley cup playoffs and now you have to go out and win 16 games to hoist the cup it was no less difficult uh i i, I really it's do massive. i really do uh think that this that this stanley cup is not a lesser than cup this is still the stanley cup yeah, well, I, I think the argument on the other side of it is when you look at a team like Boston, who's clicking on all cylinders, and it's unfortunate, but then you have four and a half months off and you, and you resume play, and it wasn't the same team. And you look at Washington, who I know for a fact didn't care, like just didn't want, didn't want to be there, right? So I, it affected some of the better teams a little bit. But I, again, there's no, John, there's no asterisk. Like, I, I mean, you look at Steven Stamkos, right, who played five, he spent three months in a bubble to play five minutes. Like, don't tell me it's not earned. Like, please don't tell me that. Then, then stop watching it. You shouldn't have started from watching. But if you be- truly believe that, 
then you're not a fan of the sport. This is a massive undertaking, and this is, I think, the most difficult Stanley Cup to win. At DB, also, let's let's remember the fact that the best team doesn't always win the Stanley Cup. Tampa Bay was swept right. in the first round. So in the quote-unquote normal situation, which was just last year, it's not like you have to dig deep into your memory bank, but the whole NHL history books are, are, are littered with the best team that didn't win the Stanley Cup. Washington, for years, didn't win the Stanley Cup. The Vancouver Canucks, you know, won a bunch of President's Trophies and didn't win the Stanley Cup. It's the same thing with the Tampa Bay Lightning just last year, you know, getting swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, yeah, while that might be true about Boston, the reality is the playoffs are a different animal. And, yeah, there's no asterisk on this one. This is the Stanley Cup, and the NHL deserves full credit for just a great presentation. This is a league that takes it on the chin all the time for, for the missteps. And uh, if you're going to be that type of a person and you're going to be cynical and you're going to be a critic, and you're, and you're going to point out the flaws, I think it's only fair and right that when they do something right on such a grand stage that you have to give them credit, and I think they deserve all the credit in the world. Uh, DB, it's been flawless, John. Oh, it's been, it really has been. It's, it's, I mean, it, it might sound like pandering, but I don't know who I'm supposed to be pandering to because I'm, I'm not getting paid by the <laughs> NHL for cutting this commercial right now. Um, let's hit on a couple of other uh, quick notes before we wrap up the first period. Uh, DB, just any thoughts about some of the stuff that's going on? I want to save the Bobby Ryan thing for the third period. Um, but Detroit, sure. Detroit signed Sam Gagne. You have the Habs trading for a defenseman recently. Any other sort of moves? Been a couple of other trades. Minnesota's been involved in some stuff. Just anything from a league perspective that uh, has piqued your interest? Yeah, look, good for uh, Buffalo for making a good trade. There's Keep hope alive, Sabres fans, because you made a decent trade. You got Eric Stahl. You got rid of Marcus Johansson. He's the first. You know, he's the first, uh, he's the number one center in, in Minnesota. That tells you how much work that, that Billy Guerin still has to do. Uh, Matt Dumba, you know, is certainly at the top of our uh, trade board list, but that's not a player I would trade for, John, to be honest with you. He's not the same player he was before the pectoral injury this season. Look at the numbers, they're way down. And not this season, but the following season, he's got a $7.4 million salary. Like, he's not that player. He's not a, a $7.4 million salary. Look, Alex Pellerangelo is having problems coming back to St. Louis. He's going to pay this guy $7.4 million. I'd want to see one more solid year from Matt Dumba before I trade for him. So it's going to be very interesting, John. But, you know, there's a lot of teams trying to move around money to com- accommodate their core players. I don't know where all these players are going to land, John. So you talk about all this stuff with respect to like a JBR or, or a Tyler Bozak. Like who's taking these players and who's taking these contracts? In this financial, you know, pandemic times, like I, that's the one thing I. It, it, so you know, you could say, oh, trade Bozak, trade Alex. Who's taking Alex Steen? Who's making five six on the fourth line? Dennis, like, I, I if you really need, know. Dennis, if you need answers to these questions, look no further than Twitter. It all, hockey Twitter always has the answers <laughs> to the questions. Trade That's this guy, true. buy this guy out, <laughs> right. and it all it's makes easy. sense. It's the no last problem. minute of play in the period. Exactly. Xbox, so, baby. So it's going to be really, yeah, yeah. next three weeks, John, with free agency in the draft, it's going to be really unique. I, I don't know how, how much activity is, but this is unprecedented time, so it's going to be, you know, really some maneuvering by the teams. And look, in L.A., Rob's got some opportunity. I'm sure we'll talk about it later on. But yeah, uh, yeah, put a pin in that. Really put a pin in that for yeah, now. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in the okay. third period. Okay. Okay, bro. Let's uh, right. let's take a quick break and bring in our friend Mike Hammer from Violent Gentlemen. We'll be right back.
right. Second period. We are back. Mike Hammer from Violent Gentleman. And Hammer, uh, you didn't hear it there. It wasn't in your headphones, but I do want to let you know we brought you into a new track from the Menzingers. Well, actually, it's a reimagined track off of uh, From Exile. That was High School Friend that we brought you into. I thought that was, oh, I thought it was appropriate. But you know what I was thinking also? I was wondering, if you and I had gone to high school together, would we have been friends? I don't think so. I, I, you know, I... I I go I go back and forth on that one. I can argue I can argue both sides. I think. Yeah. I right. I, I think so because because we've we've got the we've got the music connection. Yeah. So I'd see I'd probably see you. You would probably what would happen is we'd go to different high schools. Okay. But we'd see each other at shows. I like and it. And I'd be like, and then eventually you know it kind of be like, hey, I I see you around. Yeah. What are you doing after graduate? You know what I mean? We. I think I think that would develop over time. Fair enough. I can see that. All right, yeah. that's a good one there. But you like that track, huh? High school friend. That's a good one. No, yeah, that new that record is is great. The whole reimagined yeah. uh, vibe. They kind of went with a toned down. Uh, they might actually realistically, I might send the record over to Dennis because the Menziers might have put out a record that's more Dennis's speed. Uh, you know what? It's a good. It's good. You're right. That's the whole. It's what stripped speed down. Is that? <laughs> it's a. It's a little bit okay. It's not. It's. It's maybe not a different speed. It's just a little bit more refined. A little bit more. Uh, a little bit more folky. I, I think you might enjoy it, Dennis. It's good. It's oh, good. I would take your recommendation. I'm mean, no problem. It's uh, you know, it's it's the difference. Normally, here's the thing. Normally, the Menzingers are uh, driving down the highway, gun in Marlboro Red. This record is mm. sitting in the backyard smoking a cigar. There, that's a oh, great. That's, that's a great me. way to put it. There you go. <laughs> hey, uh, Hammer. Before I will get... say this, guy, I, I I would have been friends with you. <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't like me. No, I was I was an introvert. Uh, I mean, you can't have two of them. So, yeah, we would have been in trouble. <laughs> uh, before we get too deep into this hammer, uh, I do want to let you know, you have now tied the record for appearances on Kings of the Podcast. You and Dave Joseph uh, are going to have to thumb wrestle this out. You're going back and forth now. He recently passed you, and now you have once again tied him. So, uh, Wow. Yes, yes. I guess well, we do like you. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I'm the, I'm the Dallas Stars of this thing, and I can just pull, I can pull through in the last minute. Well, the Dallas okay. Stars are going to need a lot more help than uh, than maybe what you can provide them. Let's check in on your personal life first. Um, for those that, uh, well, actually, you guys don't know, but uh, it was tough to book Hammer because he's up late, late uh, all night, of you know, hours of the night, I guess, on Twitch or playing Xbox, I don't know, Call of Duty, whatever you're doing. But we, we were able to finally connect. Uh, I need to know, how's your mental health doing? But more importantly, how's your beautiful fiance? How is she doing? Is she surviving okay? Or has she decided to leave you yet? Uh, we are both, we have both created this fantastic time playing Call of Duty. And sometimes we play together. Sometimes we have uh, little other crews that we play with. Um, and it's just, it's just been an awesome time where, um, you know, in, in the current times, everyone's looking for escapism mm-hmm. where it's like, I can just dive into something and I just forget about the world for a couple hours. Um, I think everyone needs something like that right now whether it's music or reading or whatever, whatever you want to do, or you want to get yelled at by 10 year olds on the internet playing call of duty, <laughs> whatever, whatever is your thing. That's, that's great. And yeah, we've been, we've been saying that for pretty late playing and it's been, it's been a good time. Now you guys had to postpone so your wedding. Oh, I'm sorry, DB. Well, yeah. Oh, so our, our, our wedding, we, so we booked it, you know, for August and then, you know, we're like, Oh man, we might have to change the date. So then we switched it to late January. Uh, we chose All Star Weekend, 
well, now clearly we're not going to have the all-star game this year. Um, so we are going to need to change it one more time. And we essentially were just like, let's just wait. Like, let's not yeah. picking a date right now is like throwing a dart. Like there's no, there's no point. Like we might as well just wait, figure out when it's going to be great for everyone to just safely travel, have a great time. I want not one person worrying about it or thinking about it. Like, and if we have to push that another year, we push another year, whatever. Cool. So, Sam, if we follow you on Instagram. So, great Instagram story this week about you guys trying to sell your Peloton bike. <laughs> hey, have you done that? If not, is it still available for sale for the well, fans out there? Well, this is what's amazing is th- this is the difference between uh, Carlin and I and why we work well together is uh, we want to get the new bike. Okay. They came out with a new bike. It's got some new features. Uh, we've, we've, proven concept that love the bike it's, it's amazing done a ton of rides it's it's a it's a great thing so we decide we're going to pull the trigger and get the new one so they have like a, a, a rate that's to trade it in and it's not very good and i was like i was like looking at what they sell for on secondary market it's like you know 15 ish hundred dollars they'll give you sure. like 700 bucks to trade it in so my mind goes why don't we sell it to a bud for like a thousand bucks there and then go. everybody wins yeah so I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll text a couple friends. And Carlos like, let's film an Instagram story. Like, all right, bud. All right, let's, let's go. So that, that Instagram story happens. And then she's like, hey, um, a lot of people want the belt. <laughs> I'm like, really? She's like, I'm getting too many messages to respond to you right now. I'm like, oh, man. See, this is why I said text a couple friends. So, yeah, so you, you guys are now going to need- I believe we've moved the unit, um, unfortunately, for people at home. Sorry. Well, now you guys are going to have to start a separate side business of just like, uh, you know, you're going to become the Craigslist of Pelotons. Anybody else wants to sell it, they contact you. You guys take a 10% cut. And you guys are good to go. Oh, yeah. We'll be like, uh, we'll be like, I think it was in Super Superbad maybe where he goes to the the eBay store and he's like, wait, I can't just buy this. Like, no, you have to go on eBay and buy it. You can't <laughs> buy the physical. You just drop the item off here. All right. We'll do that. No problem. We uh we have some hockey and some other stuff to talk to you about, but I I, I do have a couple VG things that I want to get uh, off my chest here. First of all, yeah, all the praise in the world for the socks and the underwear. I'm I'm telling you, they are oh, the yeah. they are the most comfortable socks. I bought like ten pairs already. They are so comfortable. I swear, check you can check the records. Are you using my are you using my code? No, I'm using not. My code now, no, right? I know because I, I I I don't know. I just I want to support you. I love VG. So I, the the, the yeah, socks are amazing, dude. They are so comfortable, and the underwear is just fantastic as well. Uh, so yeah, and and Sebastian, my son, of course, who you you know you you uh, make his day every time you tell him that he's a, a VG ambassador. He's he's all geared up now too. He's he's he hasn't hey, done the socks one, yet. One. Number one sponsored athlete, right there. <laughs> I mean, he wears the VG. You know, he has to wear the VG jersey every time he's at practice and, and all this stuff. It's out of control. But here's the bone. So I want to give you that compliment, and then I want to pick a bone Appreciate with you. It. Um, oh, I a love bone, it. a bone to Let's pick with you. I guess it is. But dude, I'm not happy with the VG puzzle. Okay, so you're talking about. No, I want it's a giant F U. It's a giant F U on the puzzle. Okay. You're talking hey, what a torture device. Dude, it is torture. I'd rather be I'd rather be in the movie Saw, okay, than try to finish this thing. This this is not so, fair. It's, it's not so cool, we, dude. Not cool. It's it's brutal. So so Brian, Brian and I have like we have these design minds and we know how to make things look good. We don't know we don't use puzzles a ton. So <laughs> Uh, I mean, at all. I will say I, I literally couldn't tell you the last time I touched a puzzle piece. So 
we people, all of our friends and stuff, were getting back into puzzles and stuff with the quarantine and right. what have you. And we were kind of like, no, this would be a fun item to do and like, you know, make with, together. So we start designing it. And Hades that we work with, mm-hmm. uh, his wife, him and his wife are super into puzzles. So we do the first round of design. <laughs> first of like, all, let me just tell you, that's the least shocking thing you've ever told me. I just want to tell you. I, oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> if you, if you met Hades and you were like, hey, what are you, what are you into? Uh, before he answered, you could reply back. I mean, I bet it's puzzles. <laughs> it's just, oh, he's just like, I'll drink. A, I'll sit down with like a $40 sipping beer uh, yes, and, yes. and crush a puzzle. 100%. <laughs> Perfect. How is he not Perfect. relocated to Portland yet? I don't understand. Hey, that's that, that, that's a possibility. Well, All right, back to your story. Here, I'm sorry. Oh, so, so we so we designed the first round, and he's like, "Guys, this is not going to work. Like, this is, there's not enough. You know, there's not enough going on, and it's all two tone. Like, what are you doing? Yes. So we do another round, and we add like a lot of type and like some logos and stuff. So it kind of gives like some areas. We make the logo in the center bigger, and he's like. I don't know, man. This still looks pretty tough. <laughs> and we're like, ah, oh, we're making it. It looks good. So we make it. And he's like, oh, let me take one home and I'll do the puzzle so we can get a good photo of it done. Mm-hmm. He texts me and Brian, like maybe he maybe took it on like a Thursday on like Saturday afternoon. He texts us and he's just like, you guys suck. Yep. Man. <laughs> he's like, he's like, we got the, we got the border done and it took us like a day and a half. That's my, that, I'm, I, like, I'm the same way. I I'm gave like, up. Oh man. Well, so uh, I don't know if you ever met Fiona. Uh, she she's been ar- been around a ton. Works works a lot of our events and stuff. Um, she's now a teacher. Fantastic, fantastic girl. She and uh, one of her buds did an amazing system where they put post-it notes down on the table where the like violent gentleman letters and stuff were, and wrote it out, and then went backwards and like found those letters in the puzzle and completed it. No way. Yep. Text I'll me a picture. You, I'll send you a photo of how they did it. I couldn't believe, I was like, man, of course it, it took the mind of a teacher to do this. Uh, well, dude, uh, seriously, give her a high five for me. That is, I, I, I was willing to bet you that nobody had finished that puzzle. So that's, yeah, send she me a picture. I don't, a picture or <laughs> she, might, she might be. I'm going to tell you the old uh, online saying, a picture or it didn't happen. So there you go. I, there's no way she <laughs> yeah. finished it. There's no yeah. way. Absolutely. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. If anybody is bored, I highly recommend going on to Violent Gentlemen and buying a 1,000-piece puzzle. I will send you a free Mayor's Manor t-shirt if you finish the puzzle, okay? I, hey, we, all, we offer a 20% a twenty percent discount off your next order if you finish the puzzle and not one person has emailed us. Dude, you could up that to an 80% off coupon. You're not going to get any takers on that, okay? Nobody is going to finish that puzzle. Nobody. I don't even believe the picture you send me is real. I think it's Photoshopped. There's no way. I mean, we'll never know. (laughs) We will never know. Uh, You you mentioned Brian. He's a big big, uh, jujitsu guy. Uh, Huge UFC tonight, you know, a couple uh, title fights. You watching the UFC tonight? Yeah, I definitely. I'll be, I'll have it on post-hockey. Sure. Who do you like in the um, in the main event? You like Costa or you like Izzy? Dude, I've gotten to this point with UFC where like I just feel like every UFC I watch, I go, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> and like, there's so many they've developed, I guess, so well that like I straight up half the time don't know who everyone is, sure. and I'll be like, "Oh." I've, I've kind of concluded, too, that if I know who a guy is, it means he's old, and he's probably going to lose. <laughs> yeah, it's so like, like oh, last weekend with yeah. Cowboy, right? 
yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, Cow- Cowboy's a badass. That's what's up. There's no way. Like, who's this guy? And then he loses. I'm like, oh, it's because he's the old guy. That's why I know. Okay. Right. Cool. Tonight? Yeah, so hey, Ham, a uh, question for you. Yeah, since March, how's, your, how's the business? Dude, it's, it's been an interesting thing. So we had uh, wholesale essentially fell off a cliff. Um, teams that, like sales to NHL clubs and sure. retailers just completely – not just like, oh, it got a little worse, like gone. Like, hey, we'll talk to you, talk to you next year. Uh, but our online sales really made up for that and kind of sort of just offset it to where it's just been normal. Um, and in talking to, we, we have some friends that, that are in the same industry clothing-wise, and they've all said the same thing. It's been this like, you know, people are at home. Uh, people that are still working are at home and they're bored and they're looking for something to buy or – you know, that, that escapism I talked about, like, I need something mm-hmm. hockey-related. You know, obviously the playoffs have been back for a minute, but before that it was like, I need something hockey. What do I do? And then they get, you know, that joy of buying it, the day it comes, the day they get to wear it. Like, you kind of get a little bit out of everything. So, luckily, uh, the VG folks have, have turned out very well, and things have just stayed right on right on track. So just a just shift of your business, basically. I'm, I'm sorry, what was that? It's just a shift or a pivot of your business. Yeah, just a total. Yeah, just a yeah. small, small little pivot. Which I think that's sort of if anybody tells you they haven't made any kind of pivot since March, they are they're either lying or they're failing badly at something. Uh, whether it's the, whether it's their personal life or their business life. Um, yeah, I think we've all just had to shift and be and be different, and it's uh, it's luckily so far worked out pretty well. Now, you guys also just launched the the new collab with the American Hockey League. So um, when we finally get Dennis out to Ontario for a game, we'll have to have you send him out a, a VG Ontario Rain t-shirt. I tell you this, when we get him not only to that, but when we also maybe meet up on the train and go to a gold game. I'm for it. We will 100% have him in the team. Dude, how about that, DB? I know Ontario's tough for you. How about that? A train ride with Hammer down to San Diego to go catch a rain goals game. Can we get you to commit to that? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Hammer's straight edge. He doesn't drink. I'll need a lot of drinks when I drink. But look, we've been <laughs> off for 15 minutes, and we haven't asked you, are you rooting for Corey Perry to win the Stanley Cup? Absolutely. After, okay. okay. Why did we need this to ask guy. him that? We already knew the answer, of course. This guy, yeah, we this guy this guy comes in, and a lot of people, I think, and I'm fans included, kind of had that, like, you know, he's obviously towards the tail end of his career. That's notable. That's fine. He's not he's not the goal scorer he once was. But the thing that's amazing about hockey is it's the sport where you can always be the hardest working. Like, no, your age, nothing can take you out of that. You can always outwork people because there will always be people that will be a little lazier. And you can always just have a certain – sense or a grit or like or a sliminess that just never goes away and the guy has done things in the playoffs that i've just been like oh there's old cory he's here he, he never went anywhere like and last night look from behind oh. was just put it as a vintage cory perry moment like <laughs> that was incredible i don't know okay so he he got lucky obviously with the with the uh offsetting call um. Yeah. But I don't. I. I. I still don't. I mean. I don't. I don't know enough. And to be honest, I've. I've played a good amount of hockey, and I've never. I've never been hooked from behind with a crotch. So I don't know. I don't know if that truly was 
if the ref saw something we did and that truly was a dive or if it was like I got hooked in the crotch with what's going on here. Um, <laughs> but that was that was just a classic, classic Perry moment where when he's doing that type of stuff, some people hate on it, but I, I just note that it means he's engaged and he's going to push it to the limit mm-hmm. every single time. Every time. So yes, rooting, rooting for rooting for the worm to do his thing. We were actually talking earlier in the first period before you came on, Hammer, about veteran guys like Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski. You know the same thing. Dallas took a lot of heat when they signed uh, Pavelski. The guy had a full career in San Jose, and you just you see veterans mm-hmm. like that. I think it, it speaks to exactly uh, you know with what you're talking about there. Just that there are certain players they know how to get it done. Look at Joe Pavelski leading that team. You know from the front uh, offensively and having two goals last night. Any other thoughts? I mean, we haven't talked to you on air uh, about the playoffs at all. Anything else you want to share? Just overall about. Uh, other teams and, and what you saw, what you liked or didn't like? You know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to me. I think as I'm what I'm realizing as, as I come into the age of where players are essentially, where I'm coming to the age personally, where players start to age out of the NHL. I'm in my, I'm in my mid thirties and I feel like I used to, I, I will remember this happening with Kevin Bieksa. I was like, I saw him start of, kind of starting to lose a step, you know, toward, towards the end of the career as you do. And I remember always being like, God, look at this old guy. And then realizing, wait, they're actually not that fucking old. They're actually very young men mm-hmm. that are old guys technically in the league. Mm-hmm. So then going back, it makes me not surprised at all when a Joe Pavelski or someone like that steps up because I go, he's not that old. He's just... He's now he's using the, he's using the the dad information and beating up on these young kids mm-hmm. that are just nervous and scared and like he has no problem he's going out there and cruising and so it's kind of it started to surprise me less and less when the veteran guys step up it's almost like they're they've been saving it up and they're like I've only got enough energy for X and <laughs> sure. now they're now they're doing it they're turning it on and it's it's amazing. Um, Selfishly, I would love to see the Stars keep it going. I think, aside from Tampa fans, I think all hockey fans want hockey for a few more days if we can. So let's try to get to Game 7. I don't know how that's going to happen, but we would love it. Yeah, it would, would have been great if they tied the series last night and pushed it to a, to essentially uh, what, what, what should have been a Game 7 if they tied it last night. What's going on with the yeah, Ducks, man? They... <laughs> Uh, your question, you're, you're, you got as good of an idea as I do. I, I don't know. I, I think we're, I mean, we've got, uh, we've got gets off in a contract year. So that, that's going to be interesting. I, we're hoping to have Ryan Miller back. Other than that, it's just like a bunch of question marks. Mm-hmm. Like I, I haven't made a move. Uh, we're obviously going to get a moderately high draft pick. I don't know enough about the draft, honestly, to know if that high of a draft pick comes straight to the team and helps or most likely if not. they're go- most likely not right they're go- they're going they're going elsewhere to to develop a little bit i don't know i don't see how they're any better than they were last season mm-hmm. you have faith you know, in the I, coach i i like the coach and i like talking to guys i know that they like the coach and i think that's the that's the like that's the new NHL is uh, we're working together. You know what I mean? It's not, it's like, we're, I feel like we're getting out of the old days of like the Mike Babcocks and the Randy Carlisle's who it's like the guys 
completely hate this guy. They like they go to work for him, and then like there's no chance they're hanging out with him after practice or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or Dallas Eakin seems like the kind of guy who like they in practice and like they all go mountain biking or some shit. Like he seems like that vibe, and that's the, that seems to be the new the new thing. So I, I've got faith. I, I feel like a coach too. You got to give him a couple years, let him get let him get things brewing, get the right people, and uh, it's hard to develop the kids, man. It's it's I. I it's a thankless guy. I, I wouldn't want to be in that position. Two names for you to remember. These are the two that you want. Cole Perfetti or Sanderson. That's who the Ducks should be looking at. That's what we're looking for. What, what position do these two gentlemen play? Well, Cole Perfetti is a forward, and Jake Sanderson is, is arguably the best defenseman available in the draft, unless your name is uh, Jamie Drysdale and you think differently. But Jake Sanderson and Cole Perfetti, if you're a Ducks fan, I think that's who you should be looking at. DB, you had a question. Okay. Okay, had some, yeah, I got a question for you, Ham. So we're... Into next season, we're at game 45. Um, Bob Murray picks up the phone and calls Ryan Gessap and says, uh, we got a contending, assuming that it's going to be the same time as this, we've got a contender that's interested in you coming on board. Uh, do you think Ryan Gessap will waive the no-movement clause and play out the rest of the season for a contender to win a cup? Uh, nope. I think he stays in Anaheim. Okay, he's just too ingrained here. I, th- I think he's just like I think looking at if you look at like his his personal life and yeah right. I mean he's got a gang of kids I, I just I just don't I don't I don't think so you see he's you know he's the uh, I don't know what they call it in Canada when you're like is it still Midwest do they still call it like being from the Midwest because that's essentially where Guest is from the like, prairies from like the prairies yeah okay yeah there we go the prairies he's he's a prairie guy where like I don't see him trying to chase chase the cup i think anaheim is his team and he's gonna he's gonna take like you know the one year 1.5 million or whatever it is deal just as long as they'll have him and like and he built a chicken coop in the backyard so he's you gotta stay now you got a chick you got a chicken coop now what are you gonna do like you can't just pull up the chicken coop and move it See, I would look at it the op- I would look at it from a completely different angle. All of that might be true, Hammer, but I just don't see Bob Murray making that even thinking that way. He doesn't. He's not creative enough to think, "Hey, let's trade this guy and get some draft picks." I don't see it. He's too conservative. He's too. I just well, don't see that happening. He is pretty conservative. This is why I should be. This is why I should be the GM of the Ducks. But my email, my emails keep getting returned. Because <laughs> um, personally, what I what I think the Ducks need, I think the Ducks need to try to snatch up make something happen and pick up Jack Eichel. Okay. That is my pers- that is my personal I think they need to throw whatever they can at the Sabres who are just flailing. I think they will take a life preserver of some sort and I think we need to get a new number one center. Anaheim, they're gonna take on that paper though? I, I think I think at some point, especially post I think post COVID, you're gonna see teams do things that maybe they wouldn't have done where they're going to realize, is, say we can only have 50% fans in the building or whatever the percentage ends up being, we need to be, to even get to this, we need to be a fucking good club. Mm-hmm. And we're going to need to spend a little money to make a little money. Mm-hmm. And the only way the TV ratings are going to go up, the seats are going to, you know, it's all based on, you know, you know, Southern California sports. The second, you've seen the, pr- the prices, the, the Kings post cup, you couldn't, you couldn't get a ticket in the building. And then the last couple of seasons, like day of game, ten bucks, mm-hmm. twenty bucks. It's like our the fans in this area are just brutal because there's so much to do, 
So it's like you have to be good. There's no there's no option other than fans have to come into the building expecting you to win. And I think you got you got to spend the money. Yeah, there's no right or wrong answer to this one. I'm just curious. Where are you at in terms of attending? If they so the the plan from what what sort of seems, I mean, DB can chime in if he has uh, different intel. But what what I keep hearing is that they're going to start the season whenever that is, uh, you know, December, January, whatever, they're going to start the season with no fans. And the hope in most areas is that they will be able to add fans in starting around maybe February or March. Um, obviously limited capacity, similar to what the NFL is doing. Would you go, Hammer? And and if you, what what, what are your considerations for, for going? What's on your mind about, well, will I go, will I not go? What, what do you want to see or what do you need to see in order to feel comfortable going? Um, I, th- I think the, so I, I was, you know, like I, like everyone, I think I was watching, um, watching the NFL pretty closely at like what, what they're doing. Cause the thing is you can do as many precautions as you want and that's fine. But the, the true test is when something actually happens, how do you react to it? Mm-hmm. And the Kansas city chiefs had a fan who came back positive and said, I was at the game Sunday. I wasn't feeling great. You know, whatever Monday, Tuesday got a test. I was positive. The Chiefs went back and had, because of the system they had set up, they were able to see, okay, this is the parking gate he came in. This is the picket gate he came through. And through surveillance, was able to notify every concessions clerk that he came in contact with. He was wearing a mask. Every concessions clerk, as well as fans that were in an immediate area of him, were all able to be notified because an amazing system in place. Mm-hmm. And I think if something like that is there, where if something happens, you can nip it and let everyone know and have all that info. then I think that's great. And like, let's, let's do it. Let's rock. Like, but the NHL is probably going to pony up some sort of money that the NFL did to put these systems in place. And we'll see if that's available. Yeah. The, the the reason why that, that question was in my head is I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. I had reposted a picture of, of Dennis and I. Actually, Dave Joseph was there as well um, at the Dodger game and was talking about, oh, you know, God, I can't wait to get back to the Dodger game. And then they were talking about hockey. And I was thinking about those are two different experiences from my perspective. When, we, when, when Dennis and I go to the Dodger games, we go as fans. And when we go to a hockey game, being in media, we're isolated. So I have no I, – I mean, I don't want this to come back and bite me, but I don't have a lot of fear in going to – a Kings game at Staples Center because of media access. Let's be honest. I mean, we're, we're sequestered from so many people. It's rather isolated for the most part. So it's not going to, I don't have the same fear, but I don't have on the flip side, the same comfort of like, mm, do I want to go to a Dodger game right now? I don't know. When will I feel comfortable going to a Dodger game? Not sure. Yeah. I, when, yeah. That's the, that's the concern is like, when are you going to feel comfortable being straight shoulder to shoulder with a gang of strangers? Mm-hmm. Cause like right, right now you're kind of like, you know, you're, you're hanging with people that you know, and you, you know what I mean? You're like, you're kind of in a bit of a comfort, comfortability, sure. but what, what's it like when you go straight? I mean, you've seen how people deal with like a fucking shopping cart at the grocery store. Like <laughs> you're now you're going to deal, you're going to let them decide your health. It's like, Oh, right. Like, yeah. That, that, that's what concerns me is, is lack of care from other people. Um, so that, that's one main thing that I'm hoping like that, that was a, when all this, when all this stuff started, I talk about friends with this all the time, all this stuff started and the mandates that started coming down and things people were saying. And my first mentality, I was like, wait a minute, 
are people not washing their hands? Like, why is this, <laughs> like, why is this such a like thing? Hey, wash your hands. I'm like, Ooh, wait a <laughs> I've been doing that for my whole life. <laughs> I'm like, wait, we have to give notice about washing your hands. Like, what have I been living in already? Is, is this why we get sick every year? Like what's going on here? I'm like, Oh man, like I've been trusting people this whole time. Turns out they're not washing their hands. It's, it's really going to push your straight edge mentality really to the edge. We, we might have you. Oh, we, we might, oh 100%. Might see you 100%. rethink the whole, the whole thing. Hammer. Oh, I mean, that's oh, brutal. It's yeah. been an outstanding. Uh, we can keep going if you'd like. It's just uh, it's been a great 30 minutes so far. Uh, really appreciate having you back on. Dave Joseph is highly pissed off now that you've tied his record. So um, <laughs> we'll have to figure out what's going on there. Stop sending out puzzles. On. I will. <laughs> no, I'm going to send out more. Um, <laughs> you know what? Just get, just every time I, I need to come on one more time. I need to get in the other side of the rotation okay. where Dave is always tying me. Oh, okay. So the next time I can come on, <laughs> let me know. I need to get on before him this next time so I can take the lead yeah. and then he can tie me. Well, I need to get into that. You can blame COVID for that because we had it all planned out. Every Kings Ducks game, we were going to have yeah. you on. You you would become the official yeah. Ducks correspondent, and and then yep. you know everything just kind of went to hell. So um, they need to schedule like three Ducks Kings preseason games, and then you'll just you'll uh, be on the other side of it. We, 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 you know what, John? We can we can have Hammer back on so he can do fifteen minutes. I'm watching David Backus this season. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, DB going out with a oh. mic drop moment there. That's good. That's really oh, good. Oh, man. He's, he, he, DB's running out of here as fast as Trevor Lewis, man. <laughs> oh, 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 All right. All right. Oh, no. Before it gets ugly, uh, you can find him on Twitter, at HammerMe. He will not reply back to you. He doesn't even reply to uh, text messages from his friends. If you need a Peloton, he's your guy. Uh, get the Violent Gentleman's socks. They are outstanding. I recommend them. Uh, I, I, and even though I love VG, I'm telling everybody, don't get the puzzle. Sorry, Hammer. It, 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 will, it will torture you. It's a torture device. If you want to get back yeah, at your or, ex-girlfriend, send her a VG puzzle. That's my, that's yeah, my advice. Yeah, you know what? That's a great idea. Find someone, find someone in your life you hate. Send them five or ten puzzles. Right. There you go. If you were recently fired from your job, send them a puzzle and tell them, you know, thank you for the time together and here's something to enjoy their time in quarantine. There you go. Send it yeah. to all your enemies <laughs> it's a parting gift <laughs> hammer give our best to carl and uh we'll talk soon buddy absolutely thank you guys so much for having me i love you guys uh, we love you too mike hammer from violent gentlemen we'll be back uh just a moment for the third period and we'll talk some la kings we'll get this show back on the rails talk to you in a second Back to the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the mayor. This is it. Third period, Kings of the Podcast, episode Q15. A good 30 minutes there with Mike Hammer, one of our favorite guests, DB, uh, as, I, as we always do here uh, coming out of the, the second period with the, uh, with the interviews. Any, any just top-of-the-mind thoughts? He never fails to entertain. What a great guy. What a, you know, really, truly in the business of visionary, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, right? I mean, and just a good man. I mean, him and Carl... I've said this a million times. I know who put those two together. Never. But just a good man, a, a great friend, and a great friend to the show, and just uh, a funny, smart guy. It's, uh, 
it's a privilege to be a friend of uh, Mike Hammond, to be honest with you. Yeah, and whether you wear VG or you don't, I highly encourage everybody to go back. I don't remember the exact episode. It might have been around maybe episode nine, but I encourage you to go back and check out Mike Hammer uh, on Kings of the Podcast previously, where he told the story, the in-depth story about the origins of how the name mm-hmm. came about, how the actual company came right. about, their early partnership with George Peros. Fascinating story. I highly recommend that to anybody. And uh, DB, I, I'm, I'm not afraid to tell you, uh, the listeners that is, uh, that after we did that interview, we stayed on the line and uh, Carl actually joined in. We had a little conference call going there. And you know what? DB, she gave us the straight scoop, which is that the person who finished the puzzle, uh, also the, the person that, that helped them finish the puzzle, uh, is great at Photoshop. So Carl, I, I think she supports my theory that this this alleged yeah. picture of the finished puzzle, it might be Photoshopped. I'm just saying. I, I'm, she blew up the hammer. She I did. She did. She it was it was great, but it was good to hear her voice uh, and nice to know that you know the two of them just continue to live in, in such perfect bliss. And uh, yeah. I thought I thought Hammer had the and I'm, I mean Carl as well, but I, I think they have the right approach to the whole wedding thing. Like, hey, look, let's just pause that. You know, yeah. they're, they're going to be no together. The, the, the date is not important at this moment, and and why keep putting out dates that have to get moved and everything. But I, I said this on one of the earlier shows when we had him on. I'm really looking forward to the the tuxedo that he's going to wear lined with the VG, you know, logo on the inside. So. Absolutely. It's going to be, it's going to be massive, but yeah, good for them. And yeah, smart. Like you want to plan stuff now. Like, you know, we make plans and, and God laughs. So uh, just, uh, there's no, there's no reason to rush or hurry. Uh, Those guys are going to be together forever. So it's just, uh, when the time's right, I'm sure uh, uh, that'll be some event. It's going to be fantastic, DB. Uh, maybe we'll do a maybe we'll do a live show that day from the from the what? parking lot before. I know. <laughs> I, I, you know, it'd be great. I did love the idea of the train, though. I'm all about that. We're going to take a train ride down to San Diego. I like train. That's going to be That's great. That's what I would do. Okay, we'll do the train. Exactly. We'll, we'll we'll leave from Fullerton and we'll uh, we'll go. We'll head down the coast. We'll end up in San Diego. Uh, hey, let's let's get into some LA Kings related news here, DB. I'm going to couple uh, touch on a couple sure. things and then ask for your thoughts on some stuff. Uh, dropping a little little hint here. Uh, Mark Unetti is coming into Los Angeles soon. He's going to be in town mm-hmm. this week. He's going to be uh, mm-hmm. he's scheduled to join us on the podcast next weekend. Uh, and right. he's the only one, from what I understand, from the LA Kings scouting staff that's going to be coming into Los Angeles. They're going to be um, all of the other scouts are going to be available via, via Zoom and phone call and whatnot okay. as they prepare the, the the final preparations for the draft, which is coming up in about. 10 days at the time that we record this. Um, they're setting up this giant war room over at TSPC um, sort of to, you know, as best they can replicate the draft table and the draft environment. Uh, give you a couple of other good uh, nuggets here. They are uh, working on Matt Luff's contract this week. That's on the agenda. Yep. And uh, qualifying offers, of course, are due next week uh, to, to a number of players, Mikey Isimont and so on. Um, Let's talk about two names or three names. Oh, let, let's let's stick with that first. That the LA kid uh, kids that are in Germany. So this week, uh, I'm sure people saw it on Twitter. Turcott, Madden, Akil Thomas, um, who else? Uh, Aiden Dudas and Jacob Ingham. So some forwards and uh, a goaltender. They're going to train over in Berlin. Maybe they might get a preseason uh, game or a couple preseason games in. That league starts up in mid-November. So maybe if the preseason games get started the first part of November, they could see some action. Mm-hmm if the Kings are not allowed to have any sort of pre-training camp, uh, because training camp's officially scheduled to start on the 17th of November, and you normally would have a rookie camp before that. You normally would have a development camp. We've talked previously on the show about, you know, some sort of just camp for the seven teams that that weren't part of the return to play. So 
most likely that at some point will get approved and then, you know, those players will have to come back. But a great opportunity for, for those five players to head over to Germany and get some training with another AEG-owned team. And just to, sure. to get some experience. And uh, we'll look to have a couple of those guys on a, an upcoming podcast. We, we have plenty of time to fill here between now and November 17th. Uh, although all eyes right now right. are focused on the draft and then free agency. Um, so on the free agent front, Kyle Clifford is moving to free agency. It looks like the Toronto Maple Leafs will not be, uh, you know, one of his suitors. Any, any thoughts on Clifford and, and, and what's next? No, um, it, it just shows you how tight things are financially, right? Because they like Kyle Clifford. They wanted to bring him back. They need that aspect of a player to win a championship, yet they can't do it. Yeah. So um, I, I assume Cos would want to go to a contender. Um, would he have some something to add? Absolutely. Could I give you a team right now not be interested? No, but uh, certainly he can He can play. It's just unfortunate that he can't play for his hometown team because they, they wanted him to just – the, the, the cap considerations in Toronto won't make it so. Well, I will let you in on a little bit of information. From what I've been able to gather and understand, there are three Canadian teams that uh, apparently have expressed some interest. So we'll see we'll see where that goes. Uh, I'm sure that the news will heat up here over the next 10 days, but that's that's some of the early intel that, uh, that I've been able to gather at this point. Uh, Trevor Lewis, another m- former, uh, it sounds so weird to say, uh, member of the Los Angeles Kings. Yep. He was on uh, Kings of the Podcast a month or so ago and talked about the possibility yep. of not re-signing, and uh, you guys talked about it on your uh, Sirius XM show earlier today. It's kind of a foregone conclusion at this point that Trevor Lewis yep. is going to be testing free agency, and you know, that does leave the Kings a little bit light on the leadership side. Of course, they still have, uh, you know, Kopitar and Brown and guys like Jeff Carter and the veterans, but this is a team next year that's expected to have a lot of kids with Velarde and Lazat and, you know, on down the line, Mikey Anderson and even Roy and, and, and Sean Walker. You know, these are, these are rather inexperienced kids, especially compared to a guy like Trevor Lewis. He'll be a, he'll be a loss in Los Angeles. Any thoughts there? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, Trevor and his agent both confirmed that he's not going to be returning, and he's on the show today. Um, look, this is what I'll say about Trevor Lewis. He's got a lot left in the tank. He wants to play for a contender. He told us he doesn't matter. Like He doesn't necessarily want to have to stay in the West. Uh, but I'll tell you the type of man Trevor Lewis is, right? After we had him on the show, and he did a great interview, 15 minutes, to just, you know, reflecting on his time in L.A., what's next for him. Um, he texted me thanking me to for bringing him on the show. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to know about Trevor Lewis. Yep. And, and for a league that talks about sp- speed and skill and analytics, you need guys like Trevor Lewis to win championships. Mm-hmm. It's what you need. And, and he referenced a guy like Matt Green. We talked about you know leadership in the room. We talked about a Matt Green who wasn't the fastest skater or Justin Williams who isn't the biggest or fastest skater as well. You need those components in a championship team. He's a class act. He will add to any any team that he decides to go to. And I suspect he will be playing for a contender. Great Ed. You know, he could play all the forward positions and just a really good man. I mean, that's, that's what I can say about you. And, and John, I'm sure you echo my thoughts. This is a, a class act who will be missed, but it's the, it's the time where this is in the franchise to move on from guys like that, but uh, he'll represent well. And uh, he'll, uh, he'll cherish his 12 years in Los Angeles. It's uh, it's tough, but um, that's the realities of the business is there. Yeah, I'm going to give you two teams for Trevor Lewis. I have no intel that supports this, so uh, these are just this is just me uh, thinking off the top of my head. Uh, Minnesota and Edmonton would be two teams that I think should be interested yeah. in a guy like Trevor Lewis. The versatility that he adds, the leadership that he adds. When you look yep. at Minnesota and the turnover that they're having there, um, and then you look at what he would be able to bring 
uh, you know, just from a leadership perspective to that Edmonton room and how he would support what the coaching staff is trying to do. Not to say that there aren't other teams that certainly could use him. There are, there are a number of teams that would benefit from having a guy like Trevor Lewis, but uh, I, I would like to see a team like Minnesota uh, perhaps uh, take a run at him. So, uh, both, both those teams being help on the bottom six. So, yeah. yes, that, that would be a smart athlete. Yeah, for sure. Um, there will be other opportunities, namely uh, or mainly because – there will be so much turnover among rosters. I think it'll be sort of unprecedented around the National Hockey League because yeah. of the flat cap situation, uh, whether it's players, you know, being put on waivers, players being bought out, players being, um, you know, not re-signed when you expected them to re-sign with their teams, mm-hmm. all, all sorts of trades. I think there's just uh, going to be a significant amount of player movement. Some of that player movement also is, is tying back here to Los Angeles. Uh, they need to add a defenseman, whether they add that defenseman through free agency, although their their number one guy on the wish list was scooped up by the Habs recently, uh, whether they go the free agency route uh, or whether they go through a trade, you know, a young player for a young player, or whether they use some of their draft capital to be able to do that, we'll have to see. I will tell you some uh, interesting news related to the Kings in the draft before we get to Bobby Ryan. I'm not as convinced as I once was that the Kings are going to be looking to move into the late first round. Um, as you... As I've sort of continued to talk to people connected to the organization and 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 whatnot, um, the cost just might be too much to get into the bottom half of the first round, and it might be a price that the Kings aren't willing to pay at this moment uh, because they need those three second-round picks to do some other things that they're looking to do. It doesn't mean that they're going to use all three selections in the second round to take players, uh, but... Once upon a time, there was some thought about trying to get into the bottom half of the first round, and, and now it's looking more and more like, especially with the glut of defensemen that are expected to go yeah. in the first two rounds, it looks like they're going to have a lot of options. Um, so we'll see where that goes. I will uh, put something up on Mayor's Manor, you know, as I do every year in the, in the couple days leading into the draft with what my predictions are that they'll do, but that's, that's sort of the thinking at the moment, D.B., See, here's one guy I think they should target, and it's it's coming off that Mike Matheson, Colton Sevier trade for Patrick Hornquist. Right now, if you include um, the Pierre Olivier Joseph as a prospect they got from uh, uh, Arizona in the um, Phil Kessel trade, mm-hmm. like Pittsburgh has six left defensemen. Okay, um, you're not that's, that's a few Jack too many. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. You're not trading for Jack Johnson. Ricola is a, a basically like a Ben Hunt type of – the guy I think they should look at, John, is Marcus Patterson. Mm-hmm. He's playing 20 minutes a night. He's 24 years old, perfect age for the team. Not a, you know, not a Tory crew. He's 24 years old. He's got, I think, five years left on a deal at $4 million per. Right? He's played in the West. But he's, he's originally a Duck draftee. Um, and they have Dumoulin and they have Matheson. So you're not going to play that player at, at, uh, on the third pair. And not only that, but Pittsburgh has two draft picks in the first three rounds uh, over the next two seasons. And I know people have said, oh, Jimmy Ruffler just cares about winning. At some point, you got to restock it. And, mm-hmm. and you can't bring – and because of salary cap issues, you can't bring back a player. I think from a – not saying it's going to happen, but if I was – if I was Ellen, that would be the type of player. Maybe not that player specifically, but where he is in his development, where he is with the contract, where he is age-wise. That makes a fit. So when people talk about, you know, the, the free agents in the market who are 29, 30 years old, I think you and I agree on that, that it, it's not the time to do that, mm-hmm. you know, to, to do a, a Kruger or whoever. Um, so, so that's the one player I would look at 
that would fit the model of what they what would help the left side of the defense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 26 is kind of more their target range, so he's a little bit younger than that. But that young player that could be added into the mix has some um, has some experience also internationally, DB. He played for Team Sweden at the World Juniors and in yeah. a number of uh, uh, other tournaments as well, the U18s and whatnot. So, um, you know, I don't know. Pick up the phone. Call Adrian Kempe. Get a scouting report on this guy and uh, see what's <laughs> going on from, from, from the Team Sweden, time and Team Sweden together. Maybe Carl Grundstrom can tell you something as well. Need more Swedes here in Los Angeles, right? Just uh, add, a, add, a, add a couple more to the, to the mix. And uh, Los Angeles Kings fans won't won't hold it against uh, him for being a former Ducks draft pick. I'm sure they'll, most of them won't even know. Uh, they will forgot about it unless they spent time in San Diego because his only real connection to the Ducks, he, uh, he, played, he played a handful of games. I think it was about 20 games uh, last or two years ago and yeah. then 20 games the year before that. And he played half a season also uh, in San Diego, but he's not like he was uh, well-connected to the Ducks organization. Second-round pick, by the way, uh, back in 2014, if I remember correctly. So, uh yeah. Go ahead, yeah, so one other thing I want to mention. You mentioned the, sending the kids over to um, Germany. To Germany. Mm-hmm. They had to play in Berlin. And we had this uh, Dylan Galloway on, uh, Hot Stove, who's uh, the Eastern scout for FC. He made a nice connection. He's like, with all their kids playing over there in Germany, they're going to get in the second round, they're going to get a good look at this Lucas Reichel kid who's Robert Reichel's son. And that could be a possibility in the second round. If, they, if they're going to make a pick, they're going to get a lot – a, more of a look at German players because their players are over there. So, so put that name in the back of your head as a as a possibility. You'll get a look at this player who's a, a pretty decent player um, from from what one scout telling me. So that could be an option for them if they decide they use one of the third round picks because he's probably in the thirty five forty pick range. Several people that I've spoken with believe that he is going a little Got bit it. earlier and won't be there Higher when the Kings than. are picking. Yeah. So, uh, but they're. There is potential uh, there, uh, absolutely, in Lucas Reichel. He's he, he's in the mix, and he will be one of the players that I have listed. Uh, I already have a draft of the article, so I can tell you his name is on there already. So Okay, fantastic. Let's circle back to Bobby Ryan. Uh, of of yeah. course, it took all of about 30 seconds yesterday when Bobby Ryan was bought out for <laughs> a tweet to come in. Do the Kings make a run at Bobby Ryan? Uh, I, I just personally don't see it at this point in time. I think you'd have to make a few other roster moves. We've gone over it many, many times, DB, uh, about the number of guys. They have an abundance of forwards that are trying to make the, make the, um, the, the 14 forward cutoff, uh, and that includes right. guys like Kaliev. Um, and signing Bobby Ryan I, I, would be a blocker for Kaliev, so I'll just leave it at that. Right, exactly. Yeah, what's the, what's the point? This is not a team that needs one proven veteran scorer to put them over. Like you need to explore and understand. And even Rob, when he was on with us, told us we got to find out, we got to evaluate. This is the year of evaluation. Right. And I couldn't agree with you more. It makes no sense. Like if if if, if Montreal wants to sign him, I get it. But from an LA standpoint, you've got to discover where these kids fit on the uh, which box they fit in. Using an old Dean Lombardi terminology. So yeah, I don't see it, John. I don't think it makes any sense at this point in time. If they look, if they were four points out of a playoff spot a week from the playoffs, uh, the, the trade deadline, and, and he was available from another team, then maybe. But right now, in the moment when you're trying to evaluate these kids, doesn't make any sense at all. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, uh, hold on though. I'll now I'll give you the flip side of the I'm argument. Holding on. Yeah, let me give you the flip side of the argument. If you don't believe that Kaliev is going to play this season in the NHL and he's going to go to the OHL, and you can get a guy like Bobby Ryan on an 
very inexpensive deal for one year to give you more offensive punch, and you hypothetically take Dustin Brown off the top line at right wing and you move him to, say, the second line, left wing, uh, when we know he's played both sides uh, before in Los Angeles, and just the way that, the way that that would line up, right? Because you'd have Ayafalo, uh You could you could move Brown to the left side on the top line, but I don't think you would do that. You'd have Ayafalo, Kopitar, and if you put Bobby Ryan there, and on the second line, if you were to put uh, Dustin Brown with Velarde and Ferk, and then leave your third line, um, you know, as is somewhat there. Uh, you what you put Kempe with uh, Lazat and Carter. Just giving you some options here to think about. Uh, and it was a one-year deal, and it doesn't ultimately serve as, as an extended blocker for Kaliev. It really would be thought of as an upgrade over who you were going to play in your top nine, right? Because you, by doing what I just said, you, in theory, would be moving Carl Grundstrom, who's penciled in as the yeah. left winger on the third line. You'd be, pencil, you'd be moving him down a spot. So you would lose one of the bottom six guys and upgrade your top nine by putting Bobby Ryan in there. I don't know. I, it's... Mm-hmm. And here's I, I need to find out about Carl. See, he's Carl Gunson's a tweener right now. Yeah, I don't know. He could go either way. It's not worth it to bring Bobby Ryan in. Mm-hmm. It's not. I mean, to me, it's not. I, I I need to discover where these players are. And look, there's a weakness on the left wing. There always, this John, there's always been a weakness on the left wing since we've you and I've been friends, right? But that's why Dwight I, King I played on the top the line with Andre Kopitar. There you go. I don't think that's the solution. If you're going to go to a veteran, I'd go find another veteran with some term. If you're really going to do that, to do a one, I mean, what's the point? If he blows the, the up, the point would be to give you more. Well, the point would be to give you yeah. more offense and to try to get you closer to that playoff spot uh, that, that yeah. you know the team would like to be itching, scratching at uh, you know later this later this coming season. Just I'm, I guess I'm giving it, you the counter he, argument. He does really well. Go ahead. No, I'm giving you the counter argument. Is all I'm doing. I'm not saying but, it's the move I, I would know, make. But then, then let's say he does really good. Then, then he's going to – so he's a one-year rental. Yes. And then he blows up. You're not going to sign him for $6 million no. a year the following year, No, right? you're not. No. No, because yeah. the following – because Kaliev's going to step in the following year, right? Uh, or you also have the kids that are going to be in Ontario this year. You're hoping that one of those kids the following year is going to step in and add to your top nine, whether that's a Turcotte or, you know, a num- uh, it could be Akil Thomas. I think he's a sleeper in this conversation yeah. as well. So I think you could just you – de- you're, de- you're deviating from the plan, though. Mm-hmm. The plan is not to in- in- inject a 32-year-old winger into the, into the system. I'd rather take a risk on a, you know – on a younger player at one year, I, I can't give you a name and stuff like that. I get the, the counter argument, but then you're getting away fight. So you're assuming that the team is going to be closer to a playoff spot than probably I do. I, I, again, I, I just want to evaluate all these kids and get a better understanding of them uh, before I'm going to put Bobby Ryan in the mix. And the counter argument there would also be that if the team is closer to a playoff spot come the trade deadline, uh, if they at that point wanted to bolster the lineup, they would have to give up an asset. They'd have to trade a draft pick or a prospect in order to yeah. add a rental at that point. And so by signing a guy like Bobby Ryan, you're not giving up an asset. Uh, so you're basically getting your, you're getting your trade deadline rental player during the offseason instead of picking him up at the trade deadline. And for that reason, I would, I would argue or I would side with what you're saying in that I would say they have an overabundance of, of assets uh, at this point, and you're better served by seeing the first 20 or 40 games from a Carl Grundstrom than you, than you are, yeah. than you are with uh, giving up an asset. I'd rather, I'd rather spend that asset at the trade deadline 
yep. and, and, and and having 40 games of a look at a guy like Carl Grundstrom or, any, yep. you know, insert name, any any number of the other Someone, prospects. Right. Yeah, sure, of course. Uh, so there you go, fans. It's been another outstanding episode, Kings of the Podcast, episode Q15, DB. Uh, the Stanley Cup is going to be awarded before we record our next show, so enjoy the Stanley Cup. I don't know if you call it a celebration, but enjoy uh, witnessing history. Can't wait to get you back into Los Angeles if they'll let you pass TSA. Uh, we'll be talking soon, my friend. <laughs> Well, it was a pleasure, John. Great being on Kings of the Podcast again, man. It's a lot of fun. All right. We'll talk soon, everybody. See ya. Personified, and I will drag you down and sell you out. Run away. I'm cold like December snow. I have carved out this soul made of stone, and I will drag. This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers. And 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection Bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.